Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara, and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. So it's been a funky time for Bart. In the span of just two weeks, Bart removed and then reinstated a member of its board of directors, Latifa Simon, for moving just barely outside of her district. Director Simon is popular with her constituents. So when word got around that she was booted from her seat out of nowhere, Folks were not happy, especially because Simon is the only black member of the board, she's disabled, and she is someone who actually rides Bart all the time. I don't think that I was pushed out because I was black, but I know because I'm black and because I'm a disabled woman and because I'm a mama and I use that system every single day, it's all more the reason why I have to fight to keep my seat. Simon is back on the board, but Bart still has a lot of questions to answer about how an elected official was briefly removed from office. Today, why Bart removed Latifah Simon and what happens next. Latifa Simon, you know, she's probably best known uh, in the East Bay and in San Francisco as a member of the BART Board of Directors. Dan Brecky is an editor and reporter for KQED. She represents District 7, which currently includes parts of western Contra Costa County, like Richmond, down the Bay Shore through El Cerrito and Berkeley and Emeryville and Oakland, and actually a sliver of San Francisco, too. She's got a very odd district. And she's been doing that since the beginning of 2017. She was elected first in 2016. Can you tell me a little bit about when she was running for office? What was she running on? Well, there are a couple things. You know, her pitch was the board needed to be much more responsive to the community it served. Where she was coming from specifically was that, you know, she is really a transit-dependent rider. You know, she's a single mom. She's legally blind, as she put it to me when I interviewed her 
in October 2016, you know, she didn't even ever own car keys. And I'm running for my life. If the BART system doesn't work, guess what? I can't bring my kid to school. And there are tens of thousands of other disabled folks in the Bay Area, elderly folks, senior citizens, children and families who actually are relying on this system, especially because we are also facing so much displacement. And honestly, most members of the uh, transportation boards that are running things like Muni and, and BART are not regular transit riders. And she's also concerned about, as she would put it, lifting up the needs of marginalized communities that need to use BART. So lower income riders who, because of high fares, have been sort of, you know, pushed to the margins. So she had a, a number of issues like that. Every year, again, the BART Board of Directors votes to increase the fare box. And I know for many families, that's not something that they can actually jump up and down about. They can't afford the system. And they're not getting what they pay for. What kinds of things has she been doing or that she has kind of taken responsibility for as a BART director? You know, it's interesting. I just listened back to the tape from 2016. And one of the things she said was, um, you know, we need to make BART a safer system. I mean, there was a lot of concern about safety on BART, which was sort of a focused on police presence and stuff like that. But um, frankly, there's been, like other police forces, black riders, other passengers of color, they're, they're focused on a lot more by police on BART than, than other riders. So this became one, uh, one area of Latifa Simon's focus. She's joined with a couple of her strongest allies on the board, Bevan Dufty and Janice Lee of San Francisco, to introduce some things like an ambassador program where they have non-armed personnel who ride trains and patrol some of the stations to just keep an eye on things and to show passengers that there's a presence. That's also evolved into having crisis intervention specialists who can uh, deal with the many people who show up on BART who are having you know, mental health episodes. So she's really been in the forefront of looking for solutions for social issues that BART has to deal with because the Bay Area has some big social crises and for showing people that there is a way of policing the system without having an armed response. And I know her platform and her record is a reason why she has a lot of supporters, but also a reason why people have actually targeted her. Can you tell me a little bit about what she's faced? I know they include death threats even. She has received death threats because of some of her positions on these uh, social questions and about police accountability. And her situation was, I mean, she was living in part of Richmond, um, as she put it to me, in a corner house with her young daughter. And there was evidence that people had figured out where she lived and had actually visited her, her house. Wow. She found a, a container of urine on the front step at one point. And I was told there's no way that I can't, I need, I need to be in a secure space. She began to look for a place, another place to live after uh, having these uh, threats in Richmond. And one of the places she landed on was in Oakland, part of a new development immediately adjacent to the MacArthur BART station 
Now, the MacArthur BART station is right on the edge of her district. That happened sometime last year in 2021. And, you know, the account that Latifah Simon gives, and she's been 100% consistent about this, is that she approached BART staff and asked whether a move to this address she was contemplating was okay, given her electoral boundary. I informed BART, I've been here almost a year. I've gotten packages to my house. I've had BART staff drop me off. I've talked about living in this TOD in public meetings because I was assured that it was okay to live here. As you were just talking about, Latifah Simon moved last year in 2021, but this commotion around her move kind of came up just this month, actually. Can you just tell me what happened? It started out as a very behind-the-scenes thing. Somebody, we don't know whether it was a member of the public or somebody at BART or you know some other interested party, alerted the agency that Latifah Simon might not live inside District 7. BART then went and checked. There's a map they have, and they also have a legal description of all the streets that are boundaries. And the building she lives in is clearly outside the boundary by just a little bit. And just how close is she outside of her district? She says 300 feet. If I was walking it, it it would be about 100 steps. There was not a word said in public about this until March 10th. And that was the day at the very beginning of the BART Board of Directors meeting that uh, Board President Rebecca Saltzman announced that Latifah Simon no longer represented District 7. Anybody who tuned into that meeting, if you were one of these regular listeners to the BART board meetings, as a few of us are, you would have expected Latifah Simon to be there, and all of a sudden she wasn't. About the same time, she did release a statement which seemed a little oddly accepting of this decision. I mean, she was clearly Mm. upset by it, but she was also, you know, she kind of conceded that, yes, I guess I do live outside the district, but I did get advice from BART, and I would never have moved there if I had known. I mean, so that's how it unfolded. And I know, Dan, that you talked with Director Simon about this. What was going on in her mind when this happened? Just like, what was that like for her? I have been devastated because it's what I want to do is serve my folks. I think she was stunned, and I think she slowly reacted with real outrage that she was being removed from a position that she truly believes is a a mission of public service. I immediately hired an extremely aggressive legal team because I was unlawfully pushed out of the seat by a staff person. I'm a sworn and duly elected official. She said it was very upsetting to find suddenly that her BART district email no longer worked, her BART district phone no longer worked. And one of the things she pointed out to me was she has many constituents who contact her every day. All of a sudden, that was all cut off. They took my phone, they disconnected my phone and my email, and they took my picture down and sent a press release out and eulogized me at a BART meeting. 
Do we know who exactly removed Simon from the board in the first place? Like, I, I feel like we, we say Bart removed her, but is there a who? We don't know an individual name. The closest we've gotten is Bart staff, but likely, you know, the two parts of the BART organization that were involved here were the district secretary. Now, the district secretary is an office, right? There is an individual, but it's an office with employees that may have been involved in uh, researching this. And it could be the general counsel's office. Now, both of those parts of the BART organization do report to the board and not to the general manager. So, I mean, that's where it points, but we really don't know. This is why there needs to be a really full public accounting of how this could could have happened, because this is the actual disenfranchisement, not only of a sitting board member, but of hundreds of thousands of her constituents. Coming up, how director Latifah Simon got her job back on the board and where we go from here. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. When Latifah Simon was removed from her seat, I feel like that caused a huge uproar in the community with a lot of people particularly, I think, pointing out that BART had just removed the only Black director on its board. What were you seeing and hearing around why this kind of struck such a chord in the in the community? Well, look, I think there are real equity concerns about BART historically. And then you have layered on top of this that the only black member of the board and someone who is very popular among communities of color and among uh, progressive activists all of a sudden is just gone from the board. How could that happen with no due process? And, you know, I did ask Director Simon very directly, do you think race played a part in this? I don't think that I was pushed out because I was black, but I know because I'm black and because I'm a disabled woman and because I'm a mama um, and I use that system every single day, it's all more the reason why I have to fight to keep my seat. All of those things come together to make her more determined to represent, you know, those communities on the board. On top of community outcry, two other progressive members of the BART board, Janice Lee and Bevan Dufty, 
jumped to director Simon's defense. They called on BART and its general manager to hire outside legal help to study the issue of whether director Simon should have been removed by BART's staff. And in fact, that call proved to be very effective. BART did, in fact, uh, consult outside counsel very soon. And they were also under pressure from Director Simon's own legal team, which I think very forcefully made the case that BART had not done everything it needed to do to make a decision like this. So how did BART ultimately decide to put Director Simon back on the board? Was What was the rationale there? The rationale was that its staff simply did not have the legal authority to do what it had done. Doing something of such tremendous gravity as removing an elected official with absolutely no review just was something that doesn't fly under the law and that only the BART Board of Directors or a special court could make this kind of decision. I know, Dan, there was a BART board meeting last week after Director Simon was actually reinstated. What was said at that meeting? At the beginning of the March 24th meeting, Board President Rebecca Saltzman, very similar to her role at the March 10th meeting, made an announcement about the District 7 seat. We've sought advice from outside legal counsel with expertise in election law. And based on counsel's opinion, Director Simon will continue to serve on the BART board. BART staff alone are not independently empowered. Uh, She also issued a very strong apology uh, on her behalf and on behalf of General Manager Robert Powers. This has, of course, been a very difficult situation, especially for Director Simon, who moved her family for safety reasons and to live steps away from BART, which she relies on to get around. Um, And I want to express our deepest apologies to Director Simon and all stakeholders for how this has played out. We're continuing to work with outside legal counsel through the next steps, and I'm committed to transparency throughout the process. And then they went to public comment, and one of the people who was, I think she was very first in line, actually, was Kat Brooks. This has been an unmitigated disaster. Who's the head of the Anti-Police Terror Project in Oakland and a longtime critic of BART police and a longtime supporter of uh, Latifa Simon. And, and we are here to say that we expect due process, unlike what was previously shown Director Simon, that we expect transparency. So I'm glad to hear you say that, Director Saltzman. And we want you to know that we will be here as community every single step of the way. Latifa is who was elected to that seat. Latifa is who we expect to stay in that seat. I mean, so what now, Dan? Like, is she back on the board and this is all over? Everything's fine now? No, it's not just fine now because it happened and people are upset about it. And it may have some repercussions legally down the line. I think what's next is there is going to be further consideration both by this outside counsel that BART has retained um, in consultation with Director Simon's counsel about what the appropriate steps are. That could involve her moving back inside the present district or something else, honestly, that I have not been able to figure out. What did Director Simon say after 
having gone through this whole saga. I think this has been extremely emotional for her to be removed so abruptly from a position that she really holds dear to her heart as a as sort of a life mission. At the same time, I think the real you know, the real takeaway I got from talking to her a couple of times is she's fired up. I mean, she really intends to stay on this board and figure out what she needs to do to make sure she can continue her work on the board. I mean, I have so much more work to do when I owe it to disabled folks and to poor folks and to folks who want a, a, a safe and accessible ride every morning. Um, I, I have work to do, so I'm going to fight not only to keep my seat um, and maintain my seat, but to do really, really good work. I like to call the BART Board of Directors the most important elected body that nobody knows anything about. This kind of story where a public agency makes an arbitrary decision very prematurely, as it turns out, there, there has to be a watchdog on that kind of process. And we didn't really have it this time. I mean, I think the argument could and should be made that this should never have gotten to this point because we know so little about what the process actually was. The, the lack of detail is part of the problem, and, and we need to get it. Well, Dan, thank you so much. You're welcome. That was Dan Brecky, an editor and reporter for KQED. This episode of The Bay was produced by editor Alan Montecilio, who cut this episode, and producer Maria Esquinka, who scored this episode and added the tape. You can find me, Maria, and Alan on Twitter at TheBayKQED. And as always, we love hearing from you. If you have any thoughts about what you heard or anything else, hit us up via email at thebay at kqed.org. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening, y'all. Peace. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.